Winter is one of the best times of year to head out into our Carolina coastal areas. For a lot of people, Charleston, South Carolina is a place that they know well, but there's a whole nother grouping of people who have never been down to the salt marshes and the barrier islands that the Charleston area offers. We're going to go into detail right now with Barrier Island Eco Tours' own Captain Shane Ziegler. He's a legend from Wando High School, Clemson educated, but then he made his way back home to Isla Palms where he started the Barrier Island Eco Tours. Bill Barty here, Wes Lawson right there. Join me in welcoming Captain Shane Ziegler. Shane, how are we? Y'all doing great. Great. How are you guys? Well, we're doing a lot better now that we uh, have you on the line and you taking us around the Charleston area, around the um, Barrier Islands, if you will. Shane, will you kick us off and tell us what a Barrier Island is? Sure, yeah. Well, Barrier Islands, we've got 34 of them in South Carolina, and they're basically just skinny strips of land in between the Atlantic Ocean and the mainland, and they, uh, the front side has a beach, takes a beating from the ocean, and you've got a uh, sand dunes, maritime forest, and the back side is salt marsh, and then, uh, and then you've got a little stretch of salt marsh, intercoastal waterway, and then you've got the mainland. Well, of course, this being the Carolina outdoors, you got to talk to us a little bit about that amazing ecosystem of marshes, of creeks, of oyster beds, and of the wildlife that makes up those barrier islands. Shane, tell us why that's so important to our Carolina outdoors here in the Carolinas. Oh, well, for, for many reasons. Uh, for one, the, uh, the salt marshes are a nursery ground for the Atlantic Ocean. So, you know, everything either uh, grows up there, spends part of its life, and some, uh, some of the animals spend their whole life back in the salt marsh. But, you know, directly, if you like to eat seafood, like most of us do, if you like shrimp, crabs, fish, oysters, clams, they all come from the salt marsh, spend part of their life cycle back there. Yeah, basically, if we didn't have salt marshes, we wouldn't have any seafood to eat, and the animals out there in the Atlantic Ocean wouldn't have anything to eat. Um, and then another thing, it's a giant biological filter, so uh, every time the tide comes in and out, you've got the marsh grass, the spartina grass that's uh, filtering the water, all the filter feeders like the oysters. One oyster filters two and a half gallons of water an hour, 30 to 50 gallons of water a day per oyster. They're like the ocean's kidneys, and... There's numerous other filter feeders as well. So all the runoff that comes from the rivers, you know, even from Charlotte, it all they all eventually it hits the ocean, and uh, so the salt marsh filters that and uh, keeps our oceans clean. Um, yeah, there's other reasons too we could go into, but uh, it's the you know, salt marsh is just a beautiful place to explore. I love uh, fishing and crabbing and shrimping, throwing the cast net, exploring picking oysters and cooking them out and just uh, you can really just live off the land down here in the low country if you wanted to. Well we're going to get into that too and find out a little bit about the trips whether it be a trip to one of the islands Capers Island maybe uh, uh, some wildlife discovery uh, uh, boating out there with the dolphins uh, the inshore fishing the family trips and the sunset tours all of that is a part of it but uh, we would be remiss if we didn't ask you about the people 
part of Barrier Island Eco Tours. Now we know and we can learn a little bit about the staff of Barrier Island Eco Tours and what you have there. Very talented uh, educators, uh, guides, uh, biologists, all of that is a part of your staff. But talk to us about about the clientele, the consumer, especially Shane, over the past year. Before the past year went on, you were doing trips from a single person that you may take out on a fishing trip to mm-hmm. group trips of uh, of well over a hundred as uh, elementary schools and that sort of thing came through Barrier Island right. Eco Tours to be educated and to learn and have an opportunity of seeing our Carolina coast um, that for many they do not get to see. They don't know how accessible um, Isle of Palms is to Charlotte and the, the other uh, area towns throughout the Carolinas, but the past year, has it driven more people to you? I know school uh, systems and that sort of thing have changed. Uh, some people not in school even. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, tell us about, are more people fleeing to Barrier Island Eco Tours? Yeah, you, you know, it's been it's been interesting. You know, normally, we it's been different, you know, for everybody, um, but normally we do take ten to 12,000 students a year out you know a lot of public schools and private schools we get quite a few from Becklenburg County and Charlotte area up there and all in the upstate and uh unfortunately for them they're just not allowed to do field trips so uh we've got very few school groups but um on the other hand um I have been getting just every day booking a lot of our our family fun day trips um a lot of families just wanting to do a a private trip uh with their family and or maybe a couple families together where we go out and we kind of do it all like i've done with your family before where we you know do a little bit of fishing out there um you know check out the oyster beds with oysters peace season sample them uh, pull some crab traps check out the crabs whole while learning all about the ecosystem and our guides are sharing their knowledge and uh and then you know then stop out on capers island and many of them choose to do a cookout while we're out there we'll grill some hammers or hot dogs or do a low country boil or do an oyster roast out there um so that's uh kind of change we're getting noticing a lot more of of those private trips um people booking those and then also i'm getting some moms that you know they're just upset that their fifth grader we do a lot of fifth grade um that they missed out on their annual trip to Charleston and out with us to Capers Island. And so they've been putting together groups and, you know, setting up their own private field trip, basically, with just, you know, just some, some moms or parents and their kids. So we're getting some of that as well. But, you know, we sure, um, you know, miss having the, the students. And I know they hate having them missing out coming down here. Well, everybody loves a day on the water, especially when they don't realize how much fun it is to learn about what's around them. Over the last couple of decades, we've seen how the environment, especially in the low country, has changed for better and for worse. You know, people moving in, more king tides and things like that. But you're in it every day. What do you see as some of the changes, good and maybe bad, down there in those salt marshes? Oh, you know, well, we've seen uh, a lot of coastal development. Uh, you know, along the edges, which is is going to cause, uh, you know, instead of 
you know, more concrete and stuff, so a little bit more runoff into the marsh, which I haven't really noticed any anything too negative yet, except you just see more more houses along the edge. But you know, in the future, it could cause some some oyster bed closures and stuff like that uh, going on. Um, I definitely have noticed a lot of uh, you know, erosion. It's real obvious the sea level rise if you. If you and you know if you spend much time out in the marsh, all the little hummock islands and and the barrier islands, you know the backside on the marsh where you'll see trees that are where the marsh is encroaching on the trees where the trees would never have grown there, um, you know, and so you can definitely see the the uh, with sea level rise it's encroaching into the into the forest on the backside of the barrier islands and then. All the barrier islands, almost all of them have you know, erosion issues uh, on the front side as well. Yeah, so Shane, this is this is one of the unique things about radios. We don't get to see the environment now. Maybe folks can hear the, the wildlife in the background, which always makes for great radio. But describe to folks what your fleet looks like. How do you go out and take people into those marshes or up to capers or yeah. wherever you want? What do those boats look like? Yeah, well, we've got two uh, big pontoon boats. Uh, they're each one 49 passengers. We uh, would normally put about, unless it's a school group, we can fill it up because it's a lot of kids. But normally on our our public trips, we'd put about 42 max on there. But with COVID, we cut that to 25 to give uh, you know families room to space out on the boat. Uh, and uh, so we use those to explore the marsh on. They're great. The shallow draft, we can nose right up on the beach on capers, pull out a beach and ramp, and they've got a restroom as well and a covering for shade but open air. And uh, specimen table on those boats with a little touch tank. So as we catch things along the way, we'll put them in there and teach everybody about it, and they can hold the crabs and shrimp for anything else that we catch and learn about them. And then we've also, the one that we do the family fun day on is a 27-foot Carolina skiff. And that one we can take up to 16, and it's you can fish off of it. It's shallow draft, great for exploring the marsh, great for throwing the cast. got a big uh, bow deck to throw the cast net and, uh, the kids love that, throwing the cast net and catching all kinds of things. We let them you know, throw it in the bucket and uh, sometimes use them to fish with and then um, pull crab traps off of it and go out to capers. Uh, so that's a great one. And then we have, if you know, people for the more serious fishermen, we've got a, uh, or you don't have to be serious, but we've got a boat more equipped just for fishing. It's a six-passenger uh, bay boat, 23-foot and it's got a trolling motor and fish finder and all the all the gear on there, and that one's great, you know, for going out fishing for redfish and sea trout and sharks or what have you. Oh, it's all the good stuff. If you're just joining us, our guest is Captain Shane Ziegler. He is the head captain, the head man in charge of Barrier Island Eco Tours, and we're learning a little bit about this Charleston area treasure. These boats mainly all leave from the Isle of Palms Marina. This is Bill Barty with Wes Lawson. We are the Outdoor Guys from Jesse Browns. However you may be listening to us, whether it be up and down the eastern seaboard via the airwaves of WBT Radio, maybe you're joining us 
via subscription to the podcast. Just type in Carolina Outdoors. Or lastly, head over to jessebrowns.com, click podcast there, and up this segment will pop along with many others. Uh, Captain Shane, we still have a, a foot in winter for a lot of us across the Carolinas and then some, but you know what? We almost have a full leg in the upcoming spring. Tell us about that change in season, what it means to the ecosystem as a whole, to the wildlife, and how the fishing and everything can change. Sure, yeah, it's been a kind of a, a cold, wet, windy winter, and all of a sudden it suns out and it's warmed up and beautiful, lots of, of birds. You can kind of see the, the marsh coming alive. It's it's always alive, but you're starting to see the, the, the bottoms, new new roots are shooting up the green shoots for the uh, – the spartina grass out there and and that's gonna you know keep growing and you know, by may all the brown's gonna be gone and it's gonna be a beautiful vivid green again and uh we're still we're seeing uh um lots of birds of prey out there i was out there yesterday and uh saw some bald eagles and different hawks saw american kestrel and um but yeah and the birds are just really coming to life so this is a great time of year to to walk around capers the mosquitoes aren't out yet and um if, if you actually want to walk into the forest but the birds are just all singing everywhere and um uh, lots of dolphins and uh, you can see the bait fish are starting to move back in and uh the red the water's warming up so the red fish are biting better now and the sheep's head are biting and um you know as as it warms just more everything's going to turn on more and more as far as the fishing goes um as we get into april and may then just about everything is going to be back and biting just numerous species of fish and as the weather warms up will you talk to us because it is i mean you can do this in a day trip really from charlotte uh if you'd like uh, talk to us a little bit of, about that, and um, I want to learn a little bit more about Capers Island too, because it has a lot of things going on, including including something called the Boneyard Beach. Will you talk to us about what the Boneyards are? What the Boneyard is? Yeah, yeah. Well, Capers, like many barrier islands, but uh, some that is eroding rapidly, but capers is eroding very rapidly, and it has been for over 100 years. Average about 15 feet, sometimes more a year. And so there's no sand dunes on the front side. So every time it's high tide, the uh, and you know, all of our barrier islands are, are, were originally formed from sand dunes. They're all made out of sand, so they're always really easily shifted and moved around by the wind and the waves and the currents. And every time it's high tide, the water goes right up into the forest, Underneath the trees, washes the sand out from underneath them. The trees fall down, and some remain standing right where they were that had a bigger root system, like some of the big oak trees. And uh, they just kind of become like petrified uh, driftwood out there on the beach. Um, so it's kind of like a, just these dead, bleached-out trees. Saltwater doesn't rot wood. It almost petrifies it. It's kind of like a sculpture garden of dead trees out there on the front beach with Cool tide pools and animals uh, growing around the edges of the the base of them in the tide pools, and 
and uh, just lots of shells out there and random things washed up with the tide. You never know what the tide's going to leave behind, but just a really interesting natural landscape that uh, is just it's, it's just kind of mystical out there, really cool place just to you could spend hours out there if you wanted and then if you want you could venture into the forest and there's trails that take you back to some ponds back there where you might have a chance of seeing an alligator it's really good birding back there so well for our listeners who who have never been down there that really is an incredible place it's such a unique beach to see and correct me if i'm wrong all those things that you're talking about we can take great pictures but we can't take any of that with us Correct. Correct. Yep. Yeah, it's what a, what a great place that is. Now, Shane, I know that it's not exactly in, in the wheelhouse, but you've been mentioning a lot of fish, and one of them in particular, that sheep's head is a fish that over the years has, has been uh, waxing and waning in popularity. But what a neat species of fish and unique looking. Can you talk to, to us about what the yeah. sheep's head is and what it eats? Yeah, sheep. You know, I get people that fish up front. They come from up north, and they say, "Yeah, we don't want to catch sheephead because that's a different species up north that's, that they consider more of a trash fish." Our sheephead are is really I, I consider one of the best eating fish. I actually will just make sashimi out of it or ceviche with it. It's just delicious. Um, but they they've got this mouth full of looks like people teeth. Um, all these molars, and then uh, almost looks like our front teeth, and and they uh, they use those to they mostly eat barnacles and oysters and crabs, things with hard shells that they can crunch through, and they're a very challenging fish to catch. They're usually not too hard to locate because if you can find any kind of structure, um, they're usually going to be on it. And uh, but you usually use fiddler crabs to catch them. Um, you can also use oysters or, or mussels or live shrimp, and uh, they have a real light bite. A lot of times people say you set the hook before you even feel it, which is true. Sometimes you'll just kind of see your line move, and you set the hook, and it could be a, a one-pounder or it could be a 10-pounder. A and if you get a ten big one on there, you've got a really good fight. They're very wide fish. they got black and white stripes. Um, and like I was saying, they are um, delicious to eat. Learning in the experiential environment is in, and Barrier Island Eco Tours offers all of that. Captain Shane Ziegler, it's not just introducing uh, youth to fishing or a family to fishing. It's also educating along the way, letting them learn a little bit about our Carolina coastal ecosystem, the marshes, the creeks, the wildlife, and and the like that makes all of it go around. I can't uh, encourage people enough to uh, go check out the website, nature-tours.com, or go to Google, type in Barrier Island Eco Tours. It'll pop up. So the way these trips work is you can uh, get a private tour, which you pay by the hour, but there are also some group uh, tours that uh, really are done by group size that you can pick out, and through that you can get the appropriate boat. You're your staff that's made up of, again, educators, biologists, um, will get us to the right place, and away we go so we can be introduced to something we all love, the Carolina outdoors. That's right. Thank you, Bill. Shane, thank you you for joining us. We're going to take a quick break for all our listeners out there and be back on the other side. 